we'd like to dedicate this episode of the exit interview for, to Alicia Armour, principal of Overland High School in Aurora, Colorado. Alicia, this episode is for you. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Exit Interview. I am Kevin Adams, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Asia Lyons. How are you doing today, Asia? I'm feeling great. Feeling great, feeling great. All right, that's what's up, that's what's up. How's your weekend been? I can't complain. It's been warm. Um, dealing with some rough things this morning, but it's it's not been so bad. Yes. Not bad. Yes, yes. All right. Well, folks, welcome back to the exit interview. Uh, remember, you can follow us at Two Dope Teachers on Instagram and Twitter. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Two Dope Teachers and a mic. Our email address is Two Dope Teachers at gmail.com. You can also listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Apple, Apple, Spotify. You like how I said that? I put it together like it's the same thing. Apple and Spotify <laughs> podcast or at mrmunoz.org. If you do listen to us on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It really does help others find us and get our content out. Finally, if you want to support us financially, podcasting ain't free, y'all. Mm -hmm. Head over to the Patreon slash Two Dope Teachers, where you can become a patron for just $5 a month, $5 mm -hmm. a month. Mm -hmm. And the next five, and we're probably running out on this, so get in there quick, but the next five $15 patrons will receive a copy of Cornelius Miner's incredible book, We Got This. That's awesome. Hurry up, because we're running out of books. That's it, that's it. Get in there, get in there. So you can get it. All right, Asia. So we are here uh, for episode three of the exit interview. Um, would you like to go ahead and introduce our guests for this episode? All right. All right. So today, episode three, Donna is here, Donna Drury. We're going to just say Donna, if that's okay. Uh, she's uh, all the way from Texas telling her story, uh, giving us her exit interview about her experience in education um, how her family was there for her, support her or not, and friends, and then where she's doing now. So Donna, just go ahead and take it away. Tell us about a little bit about yourself and um, kind of some of the situation around when you decided it was time for you to leave uh, the, the classroom. Hello, everybody. Howdy. Uh, as we say from uh, Texas A&M University, um, I am Donna Drury. And I'm so excited to be here uh, today and talking with you all. Um, I will tell you that um, I am just a little bit of background. So I was a teacher, English language arts teacher. I taught at the high school level. 
And then after that, I spent about 11 years as an assistant principal, right? And um, so about 15 years total in education. Um, I um, went, I was, I hadn't actually, as I think back on it, my years of teaching, I absolutely enjoyed, um, absolutely enjoyed, enjoyed the students, enjoyed teaching. Um, and I was, uh, I think in my second year of teaching when I was tapped to be the uh, team leader for our, um, our English language arts group, which um, everybody had more experience than I did, but they tapped me to do that, to become the, the ninth grade English language arts leader. Um, I accepted with the um, uh, caveat that my teacher, my one of my mentors would also co-lead with me. So we both were co-lead uh, teachers. And then the third year of my teaching, I was tapped for a grow your own program to become administrators, right? So um, that's how I got into the administrative field. Um, I was already did my master's degree at Sam Houston, Eat 'em Up Cats, and um, did. Uh, um, so at the end of that, I actually got a, a position, applied for and received a position at a middle school. Oh my gosh. You, when a person, an individual goes from being cheered and all kinds of opportunities and doors open till um, we don't even want to go to lunch with you kind of thing. Mm. You know, that was such a, um, I guess, a eye-opening experience. It was a, oh, it was a setback. It was something that I don't think I was prepared for. Um, and let me say this about the, the middle school used to be, was previously a high school, and it was in the city, an all-white high school. And in fact, if, if you took a picture from overhead, and there are pictures, the school was built in a W for white, right? <laughs> and, oh, wow. Uh, it was... Um, it was at that time um, before integration, right, that, that all of that happened. So now transition when I got in um, to the administrative role, um, it's now middle school. It is predominantly Hispanic now, Latinx community. Um, so it, it's just basically switched. Um, however, of course, the teachers were predominantly uh, Caucasian, um, just had uh, some issues right off the bat. We had just, for example, we had a, um, we had a, a graduation ceremony every year before I got there, they did it. So I was over seventh graders one year, eighth graders the next. So the year that I was over eighth graders, one of the individuals in the school pulled me aside that morning. We're, we're having our eighth grade graduation. And I'm telling you that it is like graduating from college almost. 
those kids showed up in suits and ties and formal wear. Oh, wow. I've seen it. I've seen there. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grandpa was there. Aunts and uncles, they brought flowers. I mean, it was a huge deal for yes. the to graduate from eighth grade. And one of the uh, individuals, one of the staff pulled me aside and said, uh, by the way, some of the parents have asked if you, when they give, so, so the principal, let me set the stage. The, the eighth grade principal gave out the certificate. So the principal is calling out the names. The eighth grade principal is there. They're handing them their certificate of graduation from eighth grade. And they stop. And just like they do in all graduations, they take pictures and then the child exits the stage, right? Well, I got pulled aside and said, by the way, the parents want you to know if you will turn your back to the audience and as you give the diploma. What? Where do they do that at? Yeah. That, that has never happened. And it would not happen with me. No. And um, so I don't, you know, so moving on, I was like, I'm not doing that. So uh, as I, and I had a couple of parents who, um, so a lot of the parents took their pictures, you know, the child exited off the stage. I had a few parents, maybe two or three that waited until their child got off stage and then was like, wait right there, let me take your picture as they exited the stage so I wouldn't be in the picture. Hmm. Uh, wow. Part right there, yeah. Um, complete, I was, had I not, this is what happened that morning. I wanna say this. Um, I, so I had my morning prayer time, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you believe or not believe, but I do. Yes. The Holy Spirit mm -hmm. said to me, you will be discriminated against this morning. Mm. And I was like, discriminated? Just like, I was discriminated. That's such a strong word. And surely enough, as the day progressed, it was like, I, you've already received your warning, you know, your information, so act accordingly. So when it happened, I wasn't even shocked because I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when or what it was gonna be about. Yeah. So the only thing I told this person was, where did they do that at? Like you've attended graduations from A&M. You, you and I both have graduated from A&M. We've attended multiple. They've ne we've never seen that done. And I'm not going to do that today, but thanks. And what did I, they say? What was the response? So, what I ascertained later was that uh, two or three of the parents had asked the principal to have me do that, and she passed the buck to somebody else. And the reason I believe that that happened is because when I stopped by later, I had to pass her office to get to mine. She's in there just boo-hoo crying, just crying. And because she didn't want to be in that spot, she didn't want to be in that position. So they asked, she was the dean at the time, and they'd asked her to do it. And the very next year she left. Um, 
you know, like a year or so later, she, she got out of there. So uh, instead of, instead of her saying no to the parents, she just kind of passed the responsibility on to someone else to exactly, tell you that. Exactly. Wow. Because I, I believe that the parent came and asked her and um, yeah, she passed the book. So that was, that was one of the first things. And then we got to where um, no matter what I would say in front, in the meetings, I would be second guess or um, like we would go into the meetings. We had meetings every week and here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. So on, we'd lay all that out. And then, you know, this person, you covered this part at the faculty meeting. This person, you covered this. And Donna, you covered this. Okay, no problem. Mm -hmm. So when it came time for me to cover my part, per se, this principal would say, after I said, okay, you know, teachers, we're going to do X, Y, Z, exactly what we said in the meeting. She would say, we're not doing that. In front of the entire faculty. And I that would be like, well, that's exactly what we talked about. So it became this part that we don't have to listen to her because it's like she doesn't ever know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. So it really became when you go to work every day and it's something like that, you know, every, every single day. So I got quiet. Um, I refused to participate in the meeting. I would literally take notes on my computer. I would come in and say, good morning, because 7 a.m. we had our meeting. Good morning, put out my computer and start taking notes. Well, what do you all think about this? I wouldn't give them a think about anything. Yep. I had just boards and walls is what I was. Like, I'm, I'm not. And I refused to speak in front of the faculty after that and refused to leave professional development. Not necessarily refuse, refuse. Yep. Yes, no. You, you all go ahead. Y'all got it. You got it. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, several things transpired that that turned that around. Really and truly, several things transpired. We had a a couple of other people who were hired, and they they called me on it. Mister, can you come to our office? And so they had got started coming to the meeting because they were on instructional staff, and I would talk to them after, and they said, you know, we see what's going on. Mm -hmm. But even in the meetings, if I would say something, no, we're not doing that. But the guy next to me could, in the course of the conversation, would say the exact, exact same thing. And it was the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> of course. The best thing. So all of this stuff transpired. And so they said, we know exactly what's, hap what's happening. Here's what we're going to do. And they said, so you have some awesome ideas. Like, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? You have some awesome ideas. So here's mm -hmm. going to play this game. 
And these were two two white females. That's what I was curious. I was wondering. Yeah, me too. Beg your pardon. Oh, I was just saying I was curious if if what the race of the teachers were who came to yes, you. Yes, two 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 white females that they they was not playing the game, and and so we made a deal. Um. And now keep in mind, my trust factor is not very high. So I got to check them out <laughs> at the time. But we ended up, we're still really good friends. We ended up trusting each other. But they said, you present your idea. And, you know, whatever we're talking about, you present your idea. And we already know she's going to shoot it down. So what's going to happen is when it circles back around, I'm going to say, you know, one of them would say, I'm going to say, you know, back to Donna's idea, I think that'll work. And then the other one say, yeah, I like this or that. And, and that's my vote kind of thing. Because mm. I really get things, you know, but I just, I'm not, you know, so I would talk to them in private about it. So that's what we did. If I said, they said, what do we need to do? Um, just say we're going to have a school dance. It doesn't have to be major. I'm just saying, just say we're going to, or how to do testing, how testing should look. And um, I would say, well, why don't we do X? No, no, I don't know if that's a good idea. That would be the principle. So one of the other individuals would say, well, wait a minute, let's talk about that. Because I think if we did this or that, I think that would work. Oh, okay. Well, what, what do you have to say about it? Well, I think X, Y, Z. And she would say the same thing I would say. And, and the principal was, that's a great idea. Mm, can I say something, Donna? That I'm just thinking about? Yeah, so what I'm thinking about is the fact that those two women who were supporting you had to even pay attention to what was happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. And like so easily it can be like, oh, I didn't even notice. Or people are right. into their own world. Yep. And even if they did notice, they would then have to come together and agree and then come to you. Right. And so, right. like, you talked about this being silent, kind of going back to the beginning of this. And I also want to point out, like, a big part of racial battle fatigue is silence, just staying yep. quiet. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so, I'm glad to hear that you have some support going through that. Exactly. Because I'm telling you, as soon as I stepped on campus, it had gotten to the point that my left eye would run. Just my left eye mm. would just run water. And they told me it was the stress, the level of stress that I was under. It was only, <laughs> it was only my left eye, which was completely crazy. Um, but the, I began, but so those two ladies supported me. Um, we would meet before the meeting. That's how we start doing things. We would meet before the meeting and a day or two before the meeting and discuss what we needed to discuss. So, and I don't think I've ever told anybody that mm -hmm. part either. I didn't tell anybody that. Um, so you're the first time you got it hot off the press. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but there are ways. I mean, it's it's interesting that we're um, that it, the constant strategizing that has to happen in mm. order for people of color to be heard, uh, in order for their stories or or their contributions not to be erased. That's what the issue is. 
Um, the second thing that happened that was major was we, uh, we did a program called uh, Each One Teach One. And it was with the churches, the local churches and students at a and um, And we went into the communities and the churches. We even met at the park um, because we were trying to start a tutorial program and bring up the scores. So we needed the pastors to open their churches and you know what I mean? And have those opportunities where tutors would come in. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, wow. One of, I worked with the people at Central Office for this program with some professors at Texas A&M as well. Um, and this was even before I was attending there. And we, um, I almost called the principal's name. Um, she made the mistake of in public in front of the community uh second guessing me like that oh and uh like no we're we're not doing this and we had already said here's all the things that we're going to do and so the assistant superintendent uh called her to the central office and said, you will apologize or, <laughs> or else basically. Wow. Yeah, you will apologize and, and don't like do this ever again. We, um, because the assistant soup was in our meetings. So she yeah. knew exactly what we were discussing and she knew exactly what was going on. Um, so the principal didn't know everything that was going on, but even then she was in the habit of doing this. Mm. So um, I didn't learn until after, I thought we were turning a corner for real. When she said, well, I need to talk to you after the meeting. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. And she said, um, with tears, you know, uh, I need to apologize to you. Oh, for what? Well, what happened, you know, that night, I shouldn't have said this. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. Well, I didn't learn until later. She wasn't coming, apologizing out of her heart. It was because she was made to do so. Of course. So yeah. That put her on notice that she was being watched, though, because I was the superintendent asked me later, assistant superintendent asked me later, did she apologize? So that's how I, I said, oh, you told her to come and apologize. Oh, okay. That makes sense to me, you know? So I, you know, and I let her know it happens all the time though. And so she was on notice that she was being watched. So the third thing that happened was we got a brand new superintendent and he came in swinging a big bag. There was, a, um, there was a lot of nepotism and that was the reason why this individual was able to do what she did to people was because no one would do anything to it. They were all her friends. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I'm saying nepotism from the, the 
grandmother worked at the district, the grandfather worked there, the aunts, the uncles, the do- like big. Wow. Yeah, and they all had big positions. And this new superintendent came in and he said, I didn't come in to be the good old boy network. And I'm telling you with so many people within two years that had retired, lost their jobs, he was not kidding. Um, and the things she would do to me, I was basically, I could go there because I had nowhere to go prior to. And I actually wrote it all up, the treatment that I had had. Um, it was so bad if I said, we had, there was two of us at that time. One, six, we split. He had sixth grade, I had and half of seven. Mm-hmm. I had half of seven and part of eight, eighth grade. He also showed dogs. So he had frequent dog shows on Fridays. Now we're both on duty. Mm-hmm. Somehow another, somehow another, he would say, oh, I have a show this weekend. I need to leave at two. Is it all right? You know, I'm just letting y'all know, is it all right if I go? Oh, absolutely. You can go. You know. Wait, can you just clarify? You said <laughs> he had dog show showings on the weekends. And this is why he's leaving during a work day. Yes. You heard me clearly. So (laughs) I just need to clarify. Yes. So he would leave sometimes and she said, oh, no worries. I'll cover your duty. I got it. So I had some, one of the kids or something had something. And I said, I need to know if I can leave early to go. No. As I'm speaking the words out of my mouth, it was no. Wow. Um excuse me but here's the thing i'm like i'm leaving i am yeah yeah i need somebody to cover and not well you have to get somebody to cover if you leave oh okay so when our new superintendent came in um it was a whole new ball game it was a whole new ball game and i wrote up everything i was told write up everything that has transpired and so I did, and I said, and the reason, well, why didn't you make these um, complaints before? Why didn't you make these charges before? I said, because nothing would have been done. Yep. Before mm-hmm. I got back to the office, it was, the paper was already, the phone call would have been made and the paper was already torn up. Yep. That's the bottom line. There was nowhere to go. So um, she, so I, I had asked, Another time I said, I need to leave and do something. No. And I said, you know what? And this was, this shocked them, I'm sure, because I spoke up. I said, you know what? I don't know what he's saying. And I called his name. I said, I don't know what he's saying, but whatever he's saying to leave, that's what I'm saying that I need to leave for. Yeah. No, that's right. (laughs) This is not working for me. I meetings over. I go back to my office. She shows up, just tears. Well, I'm I'm so sorry. Um, uh, you know, you you could really have my job for this. And I said, you know what? I don't want your job. What I want you to do is be fair and be equitable. That's what I re- that's what I've always wanted you to do is just be fair, be equitable. 
So it turns out all of her friends that was in central office either, I mean, either retired or they, we call we call them the henchmen. When the henchmen showed up on campus, somebody was leaving because <laughs> they had a henchman. I, they had one, and when this man showed up on campus, somebody was leaving, and he showed up for her. Mm. <laughs> showed up before for another teacher, and they said, "Here's what we're seeing. Here are the reports." His thing was, you can do one of two things. You can resign or you can be fired. Now think about it, if you're fired, how that would look on your record, right? That was yeah. his MO. Well, he showed up for her. And that's when she came to me saying, I could be fired for this. I could be, if there's one more thing, I could be fired. And that's how I thought, you, you could have my job. I don't want your job. I don't. You know, I just want you to be fair. I want you to do what's right. And um, within a year or so, I mean, the, they stayed on our campus and um, she ended up resigning. And um, the, the superintendent came over and basically said, you know, oh, she's retiring and let's give her a hand for her service to our district. Mm -hmm that kind of thing so so that that essentially was um after she left um I was still there and and so that is I guess part one to the segment <laughs> to the first part I was still there we got another principal and the other AP also left a uh, big, you know, switch up, big, a lot of people leaving and that, that kind of thing. So that, um, that part right there, I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. It was one of the most stressful uh, times of my life. Um, I stuck through it though. Uh, for 11 years, I stuck through it. And so and I, I'm not sure what you want me to do here. Do you want me to take a break or? Yeah, we'll take a break right now and then we'll finish up um, the rest of your story and talk about your family and like what you're doing okay. now when we're done with our break. All right. We are deeply grateful for all your support these last few years. Your engagement on social media, your downloads, and your enthusiasm have kept us going since we started this Too Dope adventure nearly five years ago. Right, Kev? Yes. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your ongoing support of the content that remixes the conversation about race, power, and education. We have big hopes and dreams that you have inspired and with your support, those dreams begin to take shape in reality. In the coming weeks, you will learn about projects that we can now go forward with because you stepped up. Yeah, we're so happy. Of course, we still have numerous projects filed away that are awaiting your support. 
You can support these projects by visiting patreon.com slash two dope teachers. Patrons who join at the two dope level get a two dope nation sticker. And what's better than stickers? Um, it's designed by local uh, artist Sham. And for a limited time, limited time, the next five two dope patrons will get a copy of Cornelius Miner's book, We Got This. What? What a deal. It, that is, and it's signed. And That's it's signed. right, and it's signed. <laughs> Patrons will enjoy special access to us in the form of Ask Me Anything threads, throwback old episodes, occasional Zoom meetings, and sneak previews to upcoming work and public appearances. Our upcoming podcast series, The Exit Interview, featuring the brilliant Asia Lion, which highlights the stories of black teachers who were forced out of teaching is only possible because of our patrons. Right, and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so dope. So we asked and you responded. We look forward to growing and learning with you. Let's remix this conversation on race, power, and education. Thank you so much, Donna, for like starting the office and starting us off, sharing uh, part of your story. So yeah, now you you know you said that was just the first part. So and you kind of trudged through that for eleven years. Again, we'd love to hear the next part and like how, this whole time, what was going on with your family? What kind of conversations were your friends having with you? Support systems, lack of support. If you had like union help, if there was a union, we'd love to hear all that. Yeah. So, so in Texas, we, we are not a union. I will tell you that I had some uh, super friends, some um, praying people in my life. Um, I had my pastor, uh, strong, strong support system. Let, you know, I would talk to him about what was going on. He was also involved in the district. So he knew about a lot of things that was going on. Um, during the time we had, you know, as I said, a new superintendent, um, I want to say this though, because I had a friend of mine who, um, came to me one day and she said, you know, and now she didn't even know what all was going on. She didn't even know. And one of the things she told me, she said, you know, um, they need to be careful how they, they're treating God's people. And she said, um, because some of them will get sick and some of them will die. Mm. I was like, okay. And this person, I trusted their words because they had told me some other things a while back. Like I was in a grocery store, came in the grocery store and they said, oh, um, the Lord sent me to tell you X. And it was like exactly what I, what I was going through. Yep. And, and so it was right on point. So when this person spoke, right, I just was like, okay, well, I want to tell you that I, um, uh, I'm just a lot of things I'm not even just putting out there, but I will say a couple of the teachers had said that I was showing favoritism to the African American students and that they would be in my office um, instead of going to class. 
Uh -huh. and, um, so, which wasn't true. It wasn't true. And, and so I told him, I said, let me tell you about my day. I said, I came in this morning. I put my things in my office and I left to go to duty right after. Got my radio, got my, you know, stuff. I left to go to duty. Right after duty, I went to art meetings. I've been in art meetings from eight o'clock until noon, one art meeting after the other. I haven't even been in my office. So I can't tell you who's in there, you know, and who's not. I can tell you my secretary may be there, but as far as any students there, I cannot tell you that. I said, and after I left the last art at 12.30, I came straight to duty lunch duty again and now this is the first time I've been in my office when you walked in like I literally opened the door unlocked the door so um but they had made a report to the superintendent that this is what was going on and so all we had to have a hearing about this and so in the hearing I told them exactly that I am ready in my office yeah. Where I am, right? Can I say something? Oh no, I was just agreeing. I was just like amazed and agreeing with you. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, well, I want to tell you, and and so after uh, that hearing, um, and they had district personnel there as well. So after that uh, hearing, when it was found that there was absolutely no basis for their for their accusations, that particular teacher got cancer. Huh. Cancer. The other teacher that was in league with her, she got fibromyalgia. I think is how you say it. Uh-huh. So she got sick, 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 right? So right after the principal had resigned. She, um, waiting on her husband to come take her to the doctor because she didn't feel well. Before he got to the house, she had died. Wow. Oh, wow. So my friend that told me, they better be careful. Some of them will get sick and some of them shall die. Mm. <laughs> Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward to now there's another principal. Not only that, there's another AP. Uh, out of both of them, I have more years. So I'm training the new AP. Um, also keeping up with all of the district mandates on and on it goes. I'm telling my husband each of these things as they go along. Yeah. Um, and here's what's going on now. Here's what's going on now. And uh, so the, uh, and meanwhile, I've started my doctorate program. I'm EDD at that point. Mm -hmm. Started my doctorate program. So this is my day, literally. I'm training the new, I'm doing all the duty stuff, the art stuff. I'm training the new AP, working reports. I got the awesomest secretary ever, like keeping everything running and organized and like literally, I would take home my folders for uh, referrals. I would take them home at night, mm. go ahead and work them up, <laughs> bring them back. And I said, okay, this is the order I need to see 
kids, at, as soon as the bell rings at 8.05, this is the order I need to see kids. Send me five at a time. That's how quick it's going. Send me five of them at a time. And then I call the parents and, you know, make sure, I always make sure I call parents. I want you to know your child did X. They're going to be, you know, I got 30 minutes behind hour, whatever. Yeah. But I'm doing it like that. And until classes let out, I'd be in the hallway. Then I'm back. Okay, let's get the next, you know, whatever, 15, 20. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I was working. Plus, I'm training this other guy. And this new principal, I thought we were, I mean, we are doing good. Yeah. Um, the the uh, clerk quit in the middle of the year. The attendance clerk quit. And so over Christmas break, I'm in bed with um, pneumonia. And she, um, she calls me. Ms. Drury, um, Dr. So-and-so says, asked me if I wanted to be the new attendance clerk. And I said, well, what do you want to do? She said, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to, I love working for you. I want, I, we're a good team. I want to stay there. I said, well, then just tell him, let him know. So she calls me back maybe an hour or so later. She said, um, I got a hold of him. And he said to her, oh, I wasn't asking. Like, you're, you're going to be the attendance clerk. And don't tell Miss Drury. Don't tell me. Wow. So I'm calling in people like, they need an attendance clerk. I'm still, because he hadn't told me. So I'm sending in people like, why don't you call in and apply for that job? Why don't you call in? Meanwhile, she, like our little system that we had, she's trying to do that job. She's trying to be over here as a secretary. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so done. I am just so done with this. And um, so I was telling people to come up in the interview for the attendance clerk. He asked her, did you tell Miss Drury, you know, did you tell her that, that you're going to be the attendance clerk? He still didn't tell me. Mm. Session, he still hadn't told me out of his mouth. So, um, and then he has this report. So he says in the meeting, we have this major report that we have to get done. This person that does this, I know we'll make sure that everything is accurate. We'll make sure that it's all done on time. And when they said, who can do this report? I thought about Mr. I think you do wonderful at doing this report. I'm running your school <laughs> right now, right? Yeah. And, and the, but what it was, was that the technology department, the district technology department needed someone to go into every classroom and count every, all of the technology in every classroom. Now we have three, three stories and, an, and two outbuildings, two outer buildings. Yeah. With classrooms, they want me to stop everything that I'm doing go to every single classroom, count every computer, every laptop, every cord, every everything. Wait, wait, can we just pause for a second? Sure. <laughs> I, I know I keep stopping you, but I'm just, so you've been assigned this 
job that obviously it sounds like anyone can do. <laughs> if your secretary has been assigned to do the attendance without your knowing, and right. it's just like macroaggression after macroaggression. Exactly. exactly. Wow. Okay. And the principal is white. That's He's next. white male. He's white okay. male at this point. And, and you thought um, you all were good to go. Yes. I mean, every meeting, everything, he would say, Mr. I want you to present this to the team. Um, I want you to, you know, he was like, yeah, we could do it. Come on. Yep. Like, I thought he was being really supportive. We got to that point. And he he knew that there was like some, some uh, schism between I and the old AP. So mm-hmm. offices across from each other. So we would work together. Right. Smart move. It was a smart move, and and we did. We worked together. Um, because one of the things I'm very professional. Uh, <laughs> you know, my record is still clean. Yeah. My folder is still clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, the guy. So fast forward, we got a new guy now. It's a new year. Got a new AP. He know. He came straight out of the classroom doesn't know anything I'd never really other than set in on art he doesn't know any of the training any other information um so he's asking me what should I do about this what should I do about that so I'm training him telling him you know in the meantime here's you know I come home uh, of course we have football games Choir, whatever else we have after school, we've assigned administrators to do that. So some days I wouldn't get home until six, seven at night, right? Uh, after attending all of these events, making sure all the kids get home and so on. Um, I do my referrals. I do my homework. I go to bed about two o'clock in the morning. I'm back up at six o'clock in the morning, be at school at seven. It was like that every, like, that was my life. Wow. It was on average three to four hours of sleep per night. So my husband is aware of this. You know? Sure, sure. Um, one day after, after my uh, new principal tells me that they need somebody to count the technology, I told my husband, I said, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Definitely not doing that. So um, let me re- say something. The year prior to that, I was like, Lord, I really need to leave this place. I've had enough. Hmm. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything from him. <laughs> we mm-hmm. communicate and yeah. I didn't hear anything. So I call it forcing his hand. Mm-hmm. I thing out of my office I called my husband come get my little mini fridge I mean I there was nothing left but dust when I left out of there Amen. I, <laughs> I took everything out and I was like end of the summer came it's time to go back to work I said okay Lord I, I'm waiting for your direction I got this word I didn't tell you to leave hmm Wow. I took, yeah. <laughs> right. I took everything, put it back in my office. Real <laughs> people come by, like, oh, you changed your office around. It looks so, you know. 
uh, now my office was always nice because I'm a nester, but I put everything back in, changed stuff around, everything. So now we, we're from uh, April to December. I've gotten sick over December again. Every December I'd be sick. Every December when school was out, it's like when I slowed down, I got sick. Yep, sure. Yep. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard happens. that's very common. Yep, yep, exactly, Kevin. Yeah. So, so in January is when okay. Now I come back to school. I don't have a secretary either, and you know, and and, and he's like the principal is like, well, what's going on with your office? It's just nobody's in there. No, you took the wheels off the bus, and now you're expecting the bus to roll. It's not. You know, you took the wheels off the bus. What is it that you expect for me to do? So, um, and then the teachers didn't make it any better because the kids would say they knew my schedule better than the teachers did. <laughs> uh, tell the kids, if you don't stop that, you're going to go to the office. Oh, okay, let me go to the office then. Because they knew we <laughs> wasn't Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> so I had to have a meeting and tell the teachers, stop doing that. They are acting up so that you can send them to the office because it's more interesting. Yep. Keep them in the classroom. Let that be their punishment that they <laughs> in the classroom. So anyhow, um, so I'm sitting there and, and I'll never forget. It was in January. I just got off duty, got the radio. Mystery, this is Dr. Sean. So can you come to my office? And I said, oh, absolutely. I'll be right there. So I go to the office. Well, Ms. Rui, we we've got to get started on this on this uh, project, and you know we're up against the deadline, and and uh, yeah. So I go back to my office, and I listen. I go back to my office. I sit down, put my radio down. I said, Lord, when can I leave this place? I heard him say, You can leave now. Mm. That's exactly what I did. I said, what now? <laughs> you can leave now. now. I got my radio. <laughs> um, this is Drury to Mr. The, the guy that does our uh, janitorial work. I called him. Yes. Mr. So-and-so, when you get a moment, can you come to my office, please? It's happening now? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Drury, I, I'll be there as soon as I can. Thank you, sir. When he come, I said, I need some boxes. I, I, I need some boxes. Now, I hadn't told my husband at all, but I knew I was leaving. It, it was settled in my spirit. I knew I was. It's January, right? And so he brought me by. He was like, wow. Well, I said, I need you to keep it quiet, but I've gotten my orders that I can leave. And, you know, whenever you can, just as you get to come, you know, bring some boxes to me. So that evening I get home and I tell my husband, um, so this is the latest thing that happened and here's what's going on. Now he had not, I had not mentioned like, this is what the Lord said and we're gonna do what the Lord, I had not. Um, but I told him, I said, you know, they want me to do this and Dr. J, I'm like, oh, Dr. So-and-so called me to his office and said this and uh, I almost his name. Uh, and and uh, he said, no, that's enough. You you go in there tomorrow and you tell him you resign. Yeah. Yep. He just was like, that's enough. 
you're done. You're done. So that is your question too. Um, the just being supportive, my family was just this is what's going to happen, and and you're done. So here's the funny part though. When I went in, I'm I'm I put in my notice, right? He calls me to the office. Um, we need to go ahead and get started on this project. On the way to his office, because he called me, I said, oh, I'm on my way. On the way to his office, I stopped by my friend who's a counselor. Uh -huh. and I, okay, I'm leaving. She's like, what? I, and so I closed the door. I'm like, Shh, be quiet. I, I got to go tell Jay. I got to go tell him. Yes. Again, I got to go tell him. What should, I said, what should I say? And she says, you because of uh, health reasons. I said, that is true, because <laughs> yep. true. So I go over, he gives me a spiel again about how we need you, somebody that's accurate, somebody pays attention to detail, da, da, da. So I listen, and then I say, well, I need to tell you something. I'm resigning. So that was kind of the last straw was that, that report. Yes. Kind of the last straw. But the politically correct was that one, I'm leaving because of my health, truly, uh, and personal reasons is what I said, because um, a month or two prior, we had almost lost my granddaughter. Mm. And I was going, spending the nights at the hospital with her, and then coming to work, you know, still, yeah. not going to be to the point that hardly anybody even knew what was going on, but she had been in the hospital for an extended period of time. Um, I never missed a beat on anything that I needed to do. So they didn't even know. A lot of people didn't even know. Um, but when I gave him the news, he, he was typing like, I don't even want to hear your response, not even paying attention. He didn't say that. But it was his actions that he was turned away from me, typing into the computer until I said, oh, I need to tell you something. I'm resigning. He stopped. What? What? You're resigning? What? No. The man started crying. No. He, yeah. He started crying. I, is there anything I could do to have you stay? I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. But if there's anything I can do, is there anything I could do? I know I, I shouldn't say that because you're resigning for health reasons, but is there anything, anything? The rest of the day, I got nothing done. He stayed in my office. Like, uh, uh, well, are, are you going, when are you going to tell the uh, central office? Will you tell them you want me to tell them? I said, oh, I'll tell them. Oh, okay. Well, well, uh, we need to make an announcement to the faculty. Uh, he went and called, like, stopped immediately, went to the in the middle of class and said, teachers, we have an emergency faculty meeting. Um, we need every teacher there. If you have tutorials, you can't have them today. Like, huh. Yeah, just stop the press. We have an emergency faculty meeting. And uh, he came in, looked around, you know, still had duty, went to duty, came in, he looked around, da da da. Oh, not all of our teachers aren't here. He went back to the microphone, to the speaker. Teachers, I need everybody here in the cafeteria now, please. Release your students if you have any. I, 
out the building. I need every teacher here. So she wanted initially to put me on the spot and like, you're going to face your accusers or your teachers. You, you have to publicly resign in front of the community. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But what happened, I had a lot of friends in the room though. Yes. He didn't know that, that I had people who I had talked to. I had people, teachers who lost parents or gotten divorces or different things. I'm like, what can I do for you? I'm going to send you lunch or I'm going to, your parents died. It's in a whole nother city. I'm calling Jason's Deli. They're delivering food to you. What's the best day? You yeah. know, know that I'm building a community. Yes. Right? So he just thought, you know, I don't know what all he thought, but anyway, when he said, well, I need to thank y'all for coming. I need to tell you all that Ms. Jury is resigning. And they were like, oh, what? Listen, some teachers broke down crying. Um, then the majority in the room stood up and they gave me a standing ovation. Uh, like, oh my gosh. We cannot believe it because I had been there so long. They couldn't believe it. And some of them, my old good friends were like, you got out of here before I did, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, so that's essentially what happened. I was working on an EDD. I switched over to PhD, went to uh, full-time instead of, because we could only take classes on Saturdays with the EDD. Yeah. The people in my program uh, were, were administrators or in the district. So we attended classes on Saturday. Now I can take more classes, get through quicker and switch. So I switched to PhD. Um, and listen, this is the thing right here was, um, so I get a notice. I didn't even know. I can't even tell you. It was an email. I think it was an email that said, if anybody wants to go to Africa for ah. abroad, <laughs> sign up with so-and-so. The day I read the email, I called them. They said, you're our absolute last person that will take you. There we go. I went, ended up going to Africa that summer, studying abroad for three weeks. I, I did not realize how much I needed it. Yes. Like, entire week just to relax just to not be stressed um not to say okay what do i need to go what do i need to do what do i need to it took a whole week before i was able to de-stress and it was almost like a weight uh had lifted off of my back it was a huge i cannot tell you it felt like a 50 pound weight 100 pound weight that I was carrying around on my back every single day, that as soon as that decision was made, it it was discernible how much of it lifted uh, off of me. I didn't realize how much I was carrying. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I got, um, became a, a, a GA, um, which I wish I'd have done that sooner because as a GA, your classes get paid for, <laughs> you know, and you get a small stipend. And so I was like, I could live with that. I don't, you know, and that's what I did. 
I was a GA for a year or two. And then the person that the pr professor that I uh, worked for texted me or called me and said, where are you? And I said, I'm in the lab. Can you meet me in my office? And I said, sure. Um, when? She said, I'll be there in about 10, 15 minutes. Okay, I'll meet you up there. I go up there. There's like five, six people waiting for her. They said, who do, her secretary said, who do you want to see first? And she said, Donna, let me see Donna. Come in. She came in, closed the door. She said, I have a job for you. <laughs> I need, but I need you to work full time. Can you do it? I said, well, I don't know. She said, no, no, you can do it. You can do it. Say yes. And so, uh, so nevertheless, um, I said, well, she said, I can't talk all about it now. I'll talk about it because I got all these other people, but come back, but, but say yes. And I said, well, I think I say yes, but I need some more information. So anyway, for the last year and a half, two years, I've been working for her on the grant full time. As I said, doing professional development for teachers all across the state of Texas. And the funniest thing is, is that I work with some of the same teachers that I was uh, their AP. <laughs> uh, yes, that's I right. love that. That's full right. circle. Yeah. So full circle had had one of them contact me on a professional development I did and was like, it's so good to reconnect with you. And so full circle, um, I, you know, international conferences, national wow. conferences. Um, I will say that God has certainly opened doors um, for me. And, and so that's what I'm doing. And as you heard, or as you, you did, I have, uh, I defend on March the 11th. Yes. So, two weeks. So a little, a little less days. than two weeks. Yes. Uh, so. Can you tell us what your topic is? I'm sorry. Can you tell us what your topic is for your dissertation? It is, it, yes, absolutely. It is a navigating, it's charter schools and school choice is what I'm working on. And um, it, the title of it is Navigating School Choice, Decisions That Women of Color Make in huh. Charter Schools for Their Children's Education in Texas. Fascinating topic. Fascinating. Yeah, say it one more time, just in case people missed it. Because we broke Navigating up. Navigating school choice, decisions that women of color make in seeking charter schools for their children's education in Texas. So our education system is a little bit different than, say, Louisiana and Detroit and some other places. We actually have a real choice um, in that if you leave the neighborhood of public school, you can choose to go to four or five other charter schools that are, that are here in the city. Um, and so you're not just assigned to a charter school. That's the difference. Um, and you don't have to like apply to go, you, you know, you could just apply to that particular school that you're interested in. And if they have room, they take you. But what's interesting is that charter schools nationally have more uh, Black and Latinx students than public schools and so on. And Texas mirrors that information. Yes. Um, so that, you know, it's just nationally, they're, they're more African-American. And, and so why are the question, 
why are they leaving public schools to um, to attend charter schools? Yep. And and I think it's an unintended uh, action that that is the reason why there's I will say a browning in the schools. Uh, in the charter schools that it is more people of color is because they're telling their friends and their yep. families and their, you know, and, and some of them are upset with the school district. Yep. Uh, and they're like, one of my themes is I won't go back to that place. Yep. I knew yep. my child wasn't going back to that school. Mm-hmm. Adamant uh, about it. So, you know, that, that, so that part of it is, is, you know, here's this other school here. They're going over here. My child loves it. Let me tell my friend. Let me tell my cousin. Uh, they're looking for somewhere for their child to go. Here's where I am. And so it's unintended, I think, that it's, you know, um, more students of color are enrolling there. And hmm. so the public school system, which I am a product of, I work there. For 15 years, they need to, to me, uh, to consider what these parents are saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're leaving because they're definitely voting with their feet, and and that they're they're leaving with, um, and they're taking their money basically with them. Yep. So um, it, it's a financial hardship for the school districts, but. Um, it's, it's interesting. So I've interviewed par- I've interviewed eight uh, parents. They're all women of color, four uh, African American females, and four Latinx mm-hmm. Hispanic females, and they're all saying the same thing. Um, either their child was bullied in one case, huh. school wouldn't do anything about it. Um, one parent, there they lost the pre-K child on the bus twice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the first time it was like, okay, we understand. It's the first week of school. They're confused. confused. The second time it happened, it was like the principal was not as concerned. The parent was over there all the time. And at the end of the year, they said, oh, by the way, your child needs to repeat pre-K. And she said, I was there all the time. They could have told me I knew my child was going back to that school. Yep. Yep. Mm. You know, I got the quote from, um, so it, it was just that they felt that the teachers didn't care about their child. Um, so, and you could just see this thread. Oh, I told my cousin, my cousin, I told my friend, I told my, you know, you could just see the thread through that. Um, no, that makes sense. We see a lot of that in Denver where, where it really is word of mouth. It's, it's, it's family. Mm-hmm. And it's based on where you've had a good experience and where you don't. And I think the difference is that maybe some charters or even schools that are successful, they're more responsive to the family's needs. You know? And it's not that the public school isn't doing that. I think they're not publicizing it. Yeah. But some of it is true. Like I, okay. When the, when the, I'll just say this, when the coronavirus hit, all of a sudden, they got all these laptops in the yep. school that they were able to make available to kids. I mean, I, I saw the lines. Yep. The district distribution offices right next to McDonald's, right? 
I go in to get a tea and there's this long line wrapped around the building. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm not in the district anymore. So what's going on right here? I'm asking parents, oh, they're giving out laptops. So you mean to tell me they have <laughs> laptops and nobody could get them? Where'd they get them from? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the, you know, that part of it that you already had these things available. However, in the in the charter school, these kids already have laptops. Yep. You know, they're like every kid gets a laptop and every kid gets this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lastly. I interviewed a parent who, who um, she has, she's a blended family. They have two children that were in public school, who's her husband's sons. Um, he has custody of, and then she had two children, right? And her two children go to the charter school. His two children go to the public school. They, the, his two children fifth grade and fourth grade, her two children, third and first. The third grader who's at the charter school is teaching the fifth grader math. Huh. Tutor. <laughs> she is his tutor. She's like, oh, did that. let me show you how to do it. Mm. So it's like, wow. That, so that's why she says he can do whatever he wants with his Mine are going to the charter school. And huh. so, yeah, that part that is that they're, they're even um, academically, they're working on things that are, that are at two, one to two levels ahead. Hmm. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I've come full circle. I'm, uh, thank God, um, you know, I, I don't wish the things that I've gone through on anybody, um, but they built me into a strong, resilient individual with an eye towards social justice and inclusiveness rather than exclusiveness. Um, so I would say that even, uh, even though I would not, would not wish it on anybody. Thankfully, I, I was in a position that I was able to walk away. Um, I, I want to say one more testimony real quick. I designed Effective January the 15th, and this might be important to somebody. I resigned Effective January the 15th. Just so happened, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, um, what are you doing? We went through. I said, well, I've resigned. And, and she said, do you know if you work until the 31st, you get a whole calendar year? Ah. Know that. Nobody ever told me that. And central office had my letter. So I called over there. And everybody that could have told me anything about it was in the meeting. Everybody. So I talked to the secretary, who was one of my friends. And she said, I said, well, is it true that if I wait until the 31st, it's another year? She said, Ms. Trey, when I saw your letter, I wonder why you did that. Mm. Uh. Nobody had told me. 
I said, well, what do I need to do to change it? Because I can work two more weeks. What do I need to do to change it? She said, we need something in writing. That's me typing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. While we were yet on the phone talking about it, I said, "Um, do you have it? And she said, yes, I do. I'll make the corrections. There we go. Yeah. And and my I heard it the great band that they were not happy with her. Um because she I was able to get it in writing, but none of everybody that could have told me no was not there. Insane. Every person that could have told me no, you can't change it, was not there. And your friend was there to answer the phone. Yep. That's good. Yep. So it was a lot of uh, heartaches, a lot of tears, a lot of uh, different things that I've gone through. But on the other side, um, I just, in the last year or two, maybe a couple of years, been able to talk about it. I bet. Truly. And write about it. Um, yeah. I, just in the last couple of years. Because the, it was just so heavy. Yeah, no. Cathartic and therapeutic, and I want to thank you all for that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. Of course. We thank you for sharing your story. It's 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 a powerful one, and I think it it's that example, you know, of of the racial battle fatigue, and it's the constant yeah. fights, you know, and and you know how your faith aided you in that, you mm-hmm. know. Yes. And, you know, is it's is very impressive. And and I think it goes to show that we all need something. Yes. You know, because this is not easy, I think, when you are a black educator. It's not right. easy. Right. You are exactly right. Exactly. All right. Well, this is the end of episode three of the exit interview. Thank you so much, Donna, for sharing your story. Um yeah and so you know that's it thank you kevin any last words uh no just thanks a lot donna we appreciate it and we we will be uh having you lifted up in prayer for march 11th because yes. we know you're gonna do your thing as you <laughs> we know it's well, gonna be big celebrations positive energy headed towards college station yes thank you thank you i appreciate it i appreciate it Y'all have a good night, and if there's anything else I can do, let me know. Thank you.